0: Hello, and welcome to H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech, the hydrogen technology journal from Gulf Energy Information. I'm Anthresia McWashington, digital editor of H2 Tech, and your host for H2 Tech Talk. This week's episode of H2 Tech Talk is a recording of Dr. Sunita Satyapal, director of the Hydrogen and Fuel Cell Technologies Office at the U.S. Department of Energy who is highlighting the DOE strategy across the hydrogen value chain, including the H2 at scale initiative and discussing the significance of the U.S. becoming a major player in the hydrogen sector at Gulf Energy Information's First Element Conference. Dr. Sadia Paul's presentation, along with many others covering the hydrogen industry is currently available to view on demand. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to please subscribe and share the H2 Tech Talk podcast for expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to subscribe. Just click the subscribe button on iTunes or Blueberry. And now we'll hear from Dr. Sunita Sadia Paul. First, it
1: is a real honor to speak here today. And thank you, um, and to thank you to the organizers for the invitation. And today what I'd like to do is convey really four main messages. And the first is the sense of urgency. So we see the devastation around us, the floods, the the climate crisis, the climate impact, and that is the the number one message, the urgency, how we need to address the climate crisis. So in the US, uh, we have, uh, this shows you the uh, energy consumption 2020 and for the first time the good news is we have renewables exceeding coal but you can see we rely very heavily on fossil fuels so we still have quite a bit of work to do so my first message is the importance of climate and president biden's goals concrete goals for net zero emissions by 2050 and a completely clean grid by 2035. Now, the second main message I want to emphasize is the importance of what we call environmental justice, or our EJ40 initiative, where 40% of our federal benefits have to be in disadvantaged communities. So this is where we're looking at those communities that have historically experienced environmental and energy injustice, so minorities and other disadvantaged communities, this is a very high priority for us. Um, ensuring those benefits for all the people in, in the communities. So now in terms of uh, what I'd like to cover is uh, obviously that hydrogen is part of a broad portfolio of activities and we're going to need all of the tools in the toolbox to address uh, climate and have environmental and economic impact. So we released a program plan it's online uh, in November and we have concrete targets. So to be competitive in a sustainable uh, market-driven approach, we have specific metrics and these depend on the applications. So for instance, fuel cells, storage, cost of hydrogen, and we have a very comprehensive portfolio of activities, both near-term and long-term that cover the entire value chain for hydrogen. So production, delivery, storage, conversion technologies like turbines and fuel cells across multiple applications. And the key that is really to get to scale uh, in addition to getting to uh, cost competitiveness for multiple applications. And the main way we um, are focused on getting to scale is through what we call our H2 at scale initiative, which is depicted here and really emphasizes the importance of hydrogen. Many times it's called the Swiss army knife of energy. And we can use multiple diverse domestic primary resources. So renewables, nuclear, fossil with CCS, We can either use the grid or bypass the grid and produce hydrogen. And once we produce that hydrogen, we can store it. We can either put it back on the grid or we can use it for multiple applications. So it's really an enabler. It can be more dispatchable, for instance, than just the electric grid. We can use it for heavy duty transportation, those hard to decarbonize sectors like heavy duty trucks, marine, hydrogen plus CO2 for synthetic fuels, especially aviation. Today, most of the hydrogen is used for petroleum refining and and fertilizer production, but we can also use it for steel production. That alone accounts for almost 8% of global emissions. We can also inject it into the natural gas pipeline and decarbonize heating and industrial uh, power generation. So again, the main value of hydrogen is the fact that you can couple and decouple in unique ways from the grid And it can be an enabler to help decarbonize multiple applications and and sectors. And so today in the U.S., we produce about 10 million metric tons of hydrogen. That's almost a seventh of the global supply, mostly from natural gas. And we see scenarios where we can produce even as much as five times more. And to give you an idea, 10 million metric tons more of hydrogen would double today's solar or wind deployment in the U.S. So it's really an enabler for renewables and storing power using it again across sectors with uh, zero uh, carbon emissions. And we have multiple industry studies and analyses underway showing the potential for jobs and growth, 16% total greenhouse gas uh, reduction opportunity. So where are we today? In the US, we have thousands of commercial systems. One of the niche applications was Forkless. We have ho- over 40,000 now major companies using hydrogen fuel cell forklifts. In fact, every few seconds, some customers using hydrogen fuel cell forklifts, uh, Amazon, Walmart, and others. Um, we have buses, about 60. We have about 11,000 vehicles, passenger vehicles, mostly in California, about 45 stations, 100 more if we include the forklift stations. And backup power. And most regions in the US have hydrogen production from steam methane reforming of natural gas. We have over 1,600 miles of pipeline, mostly in the Gulf Coast, three geological caverns, including the world's largest cavern in Texas. And we are starting to map out the electrolyzer installations, about 170 megawatts. The largest in the US announced was 120 megawatts in New York. But again, an emerging hydrogen um, market space here with many states that are showing interest in expanding. So the key again to expand and get to scale sustainably is cost. And so in April at the climate summit, President Biden asked our Secretary of Energy, how can we speed up, really accelerate the development of critical technologies to address the climate crisis? And there's no one technology. Uh, we really need you know, all hands on deck. And our Secretary of Energy launched the Energy earth Earthshot on hydrogen. So these are like large moonshot uh, efforts, um, similar to what John F. Kennedy announced uh, for the moonshot in the 1960s. And here basically the first Energy Earthshot was announced in June. And it represents uh, really what's needed, a bold, ambitious target that's easily communicated, which is 111 of $1 or one kilogram of clean hydrogen in one decade. So that is our flagship initiative, which is really my third main takeaway message here today, which is We need to get the cost down, and this is the the major initiative we will be focusing on. And so as an example with electrolysis, most of the cost in green is the cost of electricity. We have capital cost, operating and maintenance cost, and we're looking at pathways of how could we get to $1, $2, $1, and we can see scenarios getting to 2 cents a kilowatt hour for electricity, reducing CAPEX, OPEX. But again, it's not just electrolysis. We're looking at all the possible pathways to get to clean hydrogen within a decade. And again, it's not only research, but we're also looking at scale. How can we scale up? And this shows a map of the US where blue is the solar and wind, the green is the nuclear. And the red shows where potential demand could exceed the local supply of the resources. So we're looking at the nuclear plants, natural gas locations, where could we store CCS and hydrogen? And so we have uh, launched a request for information to look again at all these possible questions as we look at scaling up hydrogen strategically. So having co-location of production and end users, what's the real diversity, equity, inclusion, jobs, environmental justice, science and engineering needs. So really looking at a very comprehensive and strategic approach approach of what we plan next. So we have a Hydrogen Shot Summit and uh, more information to come. And finally, my fourth and last message for today is the importance of collaboration, diversity, equity, inclusion. We have in the US, for example, a map that you can click on it and see what are the regions where we have the most disadvantaged communities, economic index and so forth. And so our, all of our funding opportunities will encourage broader engagement, um, including minorities, you know, various equity issues, tribal communities, Again, this is a very high priority, and this shows one example where we have a hydrogen fuel cell truck. We'll be demonstrating 15 in a disadvantaged community and showing concrete benefits, air pollution, diesel reduction, CO2 reduction. So again, wanted to highlight that. And the spirit of collaboration really is um, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, no one can whistle a symphony alone. It really takes a whole orchestra to play it. So I think now more than ever, we need government, industry, investors, the global community to work together to get these clean energy technologies uh, like hydrogen across the finish line. So in terms of international collaboration, we have many examples. IEA, the Clean Energy Ministerial Mission Innovation just launched a clean hydrogen mission in June. Uh, Again, many examples of collaboration, and IPHE since 2003 has been very active with over 20 countries. We are looking at uh, gaps in safety codes and standards and where we need to address those gaps. We have a task force looking at facilitating international trade and what is the actual greenhouse gas footprint, analytical methodology for Uh, hydrogen production. So these are all examples. And one of the areas of highest priority is safety. And so we also have a global center for hydrogen safety that was launched with over 60 partners, a number of international collaborators. Again, anyone can join this center. It provides resources. It's a virtual um, center. And we have resources in terms of training, materials, lessons learned, best practices on hydrogen safety. So feel free to go to the website if there's interest. And then last but not least, we would like to encourage the engagement of um, students, postdocs, if there are any here in the audience, there's an early career network. Feel free to go to the website, IPHE, over 10 countries, 150 already uh, engaged through this network and a lot of resources available. So feel free to look at the website, increase your H2IQ tools, H2 tools. And then in the US we have with the atomic weight of hydrogen 1.008108 or October 8th is designated as National Hydrogen and Fuel Cell Day. So an opportunity to disseminate information. So with that, thank you again for organizing this event and for the the invitation on behalf of the U.S. Department of Energy, Hydrogen and and Fuel Cell Office and our entire program. Uh, Thank you once again. Thank you for that great presentation. To everyone watching, don't forget that you can access the presentation using the file tab on the right side of your screen. We thank you for joining us and don't forget, you may watch any presentation on demand for one year.